Welcome to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works with David and Mark. Welcome to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works with David and Mark. And we're back uh, for Messianic Media. It's been a little over six years. Um, <laughs> I originally wow. started this out in uh, 2012 and recorded through 2014. So I, I w- initially did this as a solo podcast and I interviewed people um, in the Messianic community that were involved in artistic um, endeavors. Um, so I talked to people about their art and music and film and things like that but we're changing up the format. So first, first I'll introduce you to my co-host, Mark. Um, Mark's Hello. Now. And, Hello. How are you going? Uh, How are you doing? So previously, um, I talked to Mark a couple times in Messianic Media about our band. Um, so we, we originally started playing together in a band called Netzer um, when both of us were in college. Um, that's where we met. Um, and then after that, we basically um, had our our own bands after that. Um, so we essentially uh, created a two-person band where we did both hard rock through the Pair Republic, um, hard rock, grunge, um, punk, that kind of music. And then we also did acoustic rock slash worship slash folk um, with the trees will know. And that's still ongoing, but you know, I'm here in the United States and Mark is in Japan. Mm-hmm. Yep. Over here in Japan. Yep. And so in addition to uh, having a two person show now, we're also doing Egypt uh, the format. So instead of just sort of talking and instead of, so instead of just interviewing people, we're now doing, um, we're now talking and reviewing um, music and other um, media that's, and not necessarily Messianic, but of course we come from our perspective. I, I come from a Messianic background and um, definitely um, spent time uh, with Christians and going to churches and things like that. And Mark is, um, well, why don't you say about your background? Well, my background is, uh, I would say, on, on the flip side of what, what you are. <laughs> uh, I, my, I was raised Protestant in a Christian home with, you know, lots of Christians in the family, uh, but also with the knowledge that I was Jewish. And I, in, in short, uh, I, I would still, I would identify myself as a, a believer in Jesus, Yeshua, and follower, or try, trying to follow him. And and I am very, I've become much more sensitive and attuned to wanting to acknowledge kind of the Hebrew roots of the faith um, in, a, in a more direct way. Um, Excellent. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think, um, I don't know if I necessarily have a strict uh, Messianic label to me. Like, I think that, you know, I definitely get in, involved with the Christian community over time and so yeah i consider myself messianic i consider myself christian and i consider myself jewish um kind of have 
all those elements. Um, yeah. so instead of just reviewing or interviewing Messianic artists, we're going to uh, talk about a variety of stuff, but from our perspective. Um, so I think we're yeah. planning to talk about Christian artists, um, Messianic artists, and um, quote unquote secular artists. Um, I think at least, uh, and then, but we'll talking about them from our theological background, our musical background and stuff like that. Cause it's, it's certainly we, you know, there's lots of music review sites and, and things like that, but I think what's unique is our perspective at least. Yeah, for sure. I don't feel like it. And our, the first album we're going to talk about is the adventures of the OC supertones, which is by the OC supertones. Um, it's kind of, they got a wordy title for their debut album, which came out in 1996. So was this your intro to the band? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, the way, well, my introduction, I think I was uh, 13 or 14, around that age. And my sister, I didn't have very m many albums at that time. And my sister, my older sister, gave me a birthday present. She she actually gave me two CDs and she said, hey, our, because our birthdays are about three days apart. So she said, hey, um, the Adventures of the OC Supertones and also Five Iron Frenzy, Upbeats and Beatdowns. She's like, here, which one do you want? <laughs> and I said, I want that one or maybe that one. And basically I took them both. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that was my introduction to them. So not too long after after they had they had been this album was released actually pretty close to it how about for you when when did you do to get learn yeah about so this it? you know i wasn't exposed to a, a lot of music uh growing up necessarily um or right and stuff like that but then it's it's funny um so i actually got um the M, uh, super tone strike back uh, CD first. I got that and a Jars of Clay CD um, for my bar mitzvah. Um, oh, nice. So that's, uh, <laughs> you know, 13th birthday. So that's end of um, end of 1997. Um, yeah. So that's kind of, uh, that was like fair, fairly new f after that album came out. That second, their second album came out only a year or so after the first album. Um, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I, who knows how long they were? Maybe they had a bunch of songs ready to go by the time they were able to record. Um, but, yeah, well, the ska, the ska wave was just hitting in mass. That was that was that was just taking off right at that time too. <clears throat> and I I really wasn't exposed to that actually. On the uh, opening track of. Supertones Strike Back has a heavy riff. Now, I, I suppose the same thing would have happened if I had listened to Adventures of the OC Supertones as the first album. Um, yeah. In that, like, it's, it is kind of a heavier riff for the first minute, which is, is kind of funny in, in retrospect, because, you know, we certainly both got into heavier music, but yeah. And that's yeah. interesting. I really didn't know anything about uh, ska or anything like that. that. was my introduction to to this and for a lot of ways you know it was it's, just, it's kind of funny kind of my main introduction for like modern rock and stuff like that like i certainly had heard plenty of uh 
like classic rock and stuff like that. But I, it wasn't really until I got a car, um, uh-huh. you know, and stuff like that that I was listening to, you know, rock radio stations or any consistency. So I didn't really. So I, I don't think I heard, came back to listen to Adventures of OC Supertones for a couple years later, at least. Oh, okay, cool. That. Yeah, I think I'd probably heard their third or maybe fourth album before even really oh, wow. the, nice. the first album, yeah. So that's that's interesting. So I'm curious I'm curious how you how you rank them then. Um you know, maybe maybe uh, yeah. once we get into the albums you can get into that, but because because my because kind of my take on <clears throat> the adventure of the OCC pretends is it's kind of their most in some ways it's their most um <clears throat> like underground album and, and it's, the <clears throat> it's the only album fully that was under that felt like it was underground it came up really it was the the supertones were one of the key bands in that that popularized ska so the band yeah they weren't really on the radio at, at the time so like there was the real big fish and mighty mighty Bostones and buckle nine and those kinds of those kinds of bands got on the on the radio, but the Supertones, they had a big underground movement, and they were they were a big part of the underground ska scene, which was really ska, ska, ska. ska that's a what am I trying to say? Um, ska is like it has continued to be an underground movement even after them, so. Uh, I'm curious how actually how much they are integrated in the the broader uh, underground movement, but I know for for a lot of people they were they they popularized the genre, including lots of friends that I had who knew about them, who weren't who weren't attending church or anything like that. They just knew about the band because they like their ska. But I like I like their their raw energy of that first you know. And then almost some of the songs kind of start sounding the same, but um, but I'm curious what your take was coming coming back to this album, like a couple years later after after getting into, like you know two or three albums down the line. Yeah, I mean my initial reaction and um, you know which I still kind of share and is bringing that up is that the the quality of the recording um is is a bit lacking and that and that um and that just is distracting for me um yeah. i think I, you know i still i still find that an issue with the album but um i really didn't like it um at first coming after I, i'm sure i had listened to, to chase the sun and maybe even loud and clear before coming uh, back to adventures of the Oh, that's interesting. OC Supertones. Um, it's interesting, you know, ranking them certainly have, I have, so I have more, I definitely have nostalgia for uh, Strike Back, Chase the Sun, and Loud and Clear. Yeah. Well, Loud and Clear, actually, I need to listen to that more because I've only listened to it a little bit. Because <laughs> by the time that came out, I had, um, I think I was like in there, like, I started to get into heavier music and sadly abandoned them but I, I i need to yeah i need to go listen to that one again because i remember listening to it a few years ago and those yeah so for me for me it's kind of it kind of goes back and forth between adventures of the oc supertones 
and strike back absolutely strike back is it's pretty high up there for me yeah that's interesting i mean i certainly went back and and listened to this um you know preparing for today but i yeah. it's interesting that i have to uh i would have to familiarize myself i i mean so ranking them would just be um based mostly in how i feel about the albums and yeah 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 looking absolutely. on that versus you know recent comparison and stuff like that yeah so like if i if i were to do like i probably like chase the sun i'd probably rank car in terms of like now if i were to go if i were to be introduced to them now and say oh yeah they're doing a whole lot more musically on that album but yeah but yeah it's the nostalgia um that's cool that's this that that's really cool so what so what kind of hooked you do you um so do you say at first you didn't really like it but then did you go back and, and start to enjoy it a bit more at, at some point later or how did you yeah i think uh after a few lessons like kind of got used to the way it, it sounds and i think it sounds good that are sounds good as an album at least um so that there's um not jarring the production values are consistent for the album at least so it's not jarring <laughs> the album so you get used to it um i think certainly like the the first song i take getting used to um whichever you know if you listen to auto night as the first song or whichever song you listen to on the album but then you're you're kind of used to the sound on that yeah so, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Cool. Um, I think, uh, you know, I have some notes on some of the songs. I was kind of going over stuff. Um, yeah. So there's definitely a lot going uh, lyrically, and that's kind of one re reasons why I like discussing this is that there, I think it's in some ways like the most straightforward lyrically, but then there's also um, – a good amount of complexity on the songs i think like where there's um i think it's the most straightforward as far as a gospel message but then yeah. um absolutely you can I incorporate a, that a lot i had a friend who who described the supertones as being they, he said they were one of the few bands where you could listen to them listen to their albums and get saved by the end of them <laughs> like you could come to the lord <laughs> just listening to their listening to their their music cool so, so yeah what are what are your summary yeah. of your notes on the songs yeah i mean i think uh you know message wise you know it's like i you know the auto nice probably yeah i mean it, it's great in the greatest message and then you know it's kind of talk you know it's both talks about god and then talking about how they're going to talk about god um <laughs> like that they're bringing yeah bringing you got it and i like that like it certainly like i like the rap element and, and the lyrics and stuff like that and it's interesting with a lot of um you know name dropping god which you're not used to and, and that's fair line. i think uh <laughs> you know certainly it's 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 great like the title adonai hebrew is the essentially the hebrew name for god um i'll just and, you know preference uh you know that you know i am familiar with a lot of hebrew stuff but i'm definitely not an expert but yeah so the but adonai is like the main name for god in the in the scripture certainly 
Old Testament, uh, the Torah, the first five books of the of of the Old Testament, um, and essentially, so originally there's a name uh, Yud Hey Vav Hey, um, so four Hebrew letters, but then there's no vowel points. So it's, instead of instead of trying to pronounce uh, the four letters, it's essentially replaced most of the time with Adonai, which uh, means my Lord. Um, Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a title, uh, and you know everyone saying it knows that we're talking about God, but without um, trying to pronounce the, uh, mm-hmm. the actual main name for God. Yeah. Um, what's also kind of interesting about that is, you know, also later, it, or also in that, or in that same song, he also says uh, Jehovah. Uh, yeah. He said he's a, that a couple times in another song too. Yeah, it's it's more obvious in in another song. Um, so it's kind of interesting. And you know, his uh, the singer um, I think it's goes by he goes by Mojo as his nickname, but yeah, uh, Morganski. Right. So he's. Um, it seems like he was. Well, he was essentially he was raised secular, but he knew that he was uh, had a, a Jewish parent. So, um, and then later became a Christian believer in um, so in high school and, and stuff like that. Um, that's interesting. Uh, kind of wondering if he knew that from the Jewish background or if he was. Uh, or, or at least with this song, like that he was looking up like the names of God or something like that, you know, because there's yeah, that's a, good, that's a good question. Yeah, did you know at this point, did you were you uh familiar with some of the names? Um, so I was, I mean, this is, I mean, absolutely, this is one of the um, one of the first songs that I heard that that used. There's another, there's another band that i want to talk to you about where later on that i heard hebrew but basically i would heard this is my primary introduction to the name adonai um and then but i i'd heard it like a little bit like in in just growing up in the christian church like where you know everybody says hallelujah and (laughs) and in a christian church you actually know that hallelujah means praise the lord right Right. Um, uh, so I like I knew a, like a couple, a few Hebrew expressions, but this this was like one of those the earliest songs that introduced the name Adonai and kind of encouraged that for referring to the Lord. But he like in the later song, uh, I forget if it's in Roots or um, uh, Exalt, um, you know where he's saying like Jehovah, Jehovah Nisi, like. Gotcha. Uh, that was like the most, the most, um, and I think in a few other songs, I think he uses Hebrew expressions too. So you, um, I've had this conversation a little bit with you. So you, Jehovah, he, he, with the way you pronounce the Yud uh, the the, the, the tetragram. So you're, um, you understand, understand the issue. Uh, what's the relationship between that one and Yahweh? And Jehovah, and how and how how would you yeah. how would you characterize that? And from your perspective, 
it's interesting. I mean, you know, so I, I, I really don't like any of those pronunciations. Like, I just wish it was Adonai instead. Um, Yahweh or Yehovah would be a little closer. Um, well, a couple things, like it's like the, so it's kind of American transliterations, you know, or where it goes through a different, couple different languages, like how uh, Yeshua becomes Jesus um, yeah, right. over a few languages. So it's kind yeah. of a thing. So, I mean, so there's no, like there's no J sound um, in Hebrew. Um, uh -huh. so it wouldn't really be Jehovah. Um, right. The HVH is is okay and there's no real w sound in hebrew either so the, the yahweh ah. um also kind of doesn't work so i don't really like the like i so i don't really think um that's like it you know i i generally think that you know these people are or whoever's if people are using it i think they're they're using it in good faith you know but yeah, it's not that sticks out like a, a sore thumb. Like I think that, you know, I, I wouldn't want a, a certainly wouldn't want a messianic band to be using those words. And when I notice that, like they're, hmm. you know, there there's one group I know that was like a, that is messianic, but it's maybe more from a, um, like they come from a Christian background and they have a, a Jehovah song, and um, that's uh, distracting for me. You know oh yeah for you yeah yeah interesting yeah so it's kind of weird so it's it it was good stuff with the hebrew but then and then there's stuff in the song that's a that's a little awkward so i can just kind of um let it slide but it's it's something that's not ideal on that um, yeah yeah cool yeah yeah for me like it's it's funny because coming from the christian background with the lesser you know and the american english <laughs> christian christian background i think i should say um but the like it was so it sounded nice to hear like reverential like names of god and you're like you know because god's you know he uses many names to refer to himself throughout the scriptures and never at least to describe his own char character and i think you know it's nice it was nice to hear that in addition to just hearing um um well you know like a lot of some christian bands don't even you know mention right <laughs> mention him you know hardly be a yeah there's a lot of christian bands that won't say jesus explicitly or or god yeah. or anything like that i'm um most of them will kind of uh have references at least but um right yeah it's 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 interesting it's and so I, I like it in that way yeah um what do you think about the other like pop culture uh, references that they they have so i think uh so they they say yeah two speakers and a microphone what's so great about that two, and two speakers and a microphone uh reference is you know the the back album was so was really new i don't know i don't know how many albums back had um but uh, where it's at it had just it had been only one or two years before that that his album had been released i think before when they when they recorded this song so that song that song was all over the radio still yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's very timely uh my my favorite my favorite pop culture reference like by far 
is there like I don't know if it's a TV version, but they they take Back to the Future, um, the Back to the Future quote when they're when they have Emmett Doc Brown's like, oh my gosh, they found me. I don't know how, but they found me. <laughs> and they say, gosh, um, as it, you know, they don't, they don't, they just, I don't, I don't know what what version that they got that from. It is funny, yeah. I think it might be a TV dubbed version or something. That that line, um, because it was, uh, because the, they changed the word, I was wondering if, it, like initially, like I wasn't like, did they actually, did they just fake the movie quote or was it an actual sample? But I think, a, I think they, they've said that it wasn't, that it was a sample, but I, I don't remember explicitly yeah. if it was from a TV movie or something like that. So that is a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I love Back to the Future. So, and it's really, it's really found It's really funny because, oh, I see. I said found me, you know, maybe quoting the song almost. But um, that the you know, you know, in the movie, Doc Brown, he's talking about the Libyans. The Libyans. He, you know, he stole, he stole the, he stole the plutonium from the Libyans, the Libyans, and then because they wanted him to make a bomb, and then, and then they're like coming. To, chasing for him with like their bazookas or whatever missiles <laughs> they're gonna fire at him but then the song is about like you know basically it's about i was wandering and then the lord found me yeah you know it's a then, it yeah know, it really the context of it you know yeah that's like so that i, I thought that was hilarious <laughs> that was a a lot of fun um yeah then it's interesting in was there a reference in the? Uh, I know there's a similar soundbite like in the song "OC Supertones." Yeah, I actually, you know, I haven't looked this up. This would be worth looking up. I so at the beginning and the end of the song, there's there's like these two girls that are talking to each other. And like, where are you from? Orange County. And then they go. So in that song, uh, I, but I, I'm I'm guessing that's like from a, from a, like a TV show or from some type of movie. Yeah, I couldn't but, uh, find that. Um, yeah, <laughs> it does sound like a TV show kind of thing or something, and it, you know it predates the the TV show The OC. Um, yeah, it absolutely predates that. Yeah. That's well, funny. Um, yeah. Um, let's see. So they do. I think this is the only album where, maybe the only album where he explicitly mentions that he is Jewish or that background. Like he said in that song, "Go See Supertones," he says that he refers to himself as a Jew boy and a Hebrew. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, Jesus, they say Jesus came from Jesse, and Jesse came from Jesus. Now come the Lord Jesus, because Lord Jesus frees us. <laughs> yeah, it's some good lines, and okay, so I like the, you know, take a bow right now, um, and Adonai, and they literally do that like when they do a live show. You know, I didn't see them in, you know, '96, uh, obviously, but I, um, I did see them play it once or twice later, later on, um, as part of live shows. So did they kneel on stage or something? Uh, not a, not a full, not a, on, they didn't get on their knees, but they, they took a, um, like a theatrical bow. Um, so just kind of yeah. bending forward. Like for a yeah. 
and obviously I think they they started earlier going into the line because then it's already back to the chorus and stuff like that. Yeah, right, right, right. That was that was fun, and it's like, and then also like in the line, um, like you can't. I had to look up the exact line because I didn't have it memorized. But if if your eyes are on the Lord, you can't see nobody's hair. Yeah, I love I love that line. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, Matt Morginsky also, you know, he he's he went bald pretty, you know, not I don't know, not too long after that, or he was he was going bald. I can relate to him for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I didn't know that. I I thought it might have been a stylistic choice for him to have the shaved head. But, but yeah, kind of cool. Um, it's kind of, or at least that's interesting. Yeah, and uh, if well, to, and, you know, and I think his point, you know, I think is, you know, obviously his point is is he part of super, you know, goes beyond that. If you know, if your eyes are on the Lord, you know, we're like we're not. That's one of the cool things about the band is like they're like let's have fun, yes. Let's like let's rock and let's skank, yes. Um, uh, and but let's let's focus on the Lord. He's like, and if we're and like, yeah, if your eyes are on the Lord, you're 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 not you're not going to really be as concerned. And hopefully, you're not concerned with this kind of the superficial superficial things that kind of tend to divide people. No, so I really like the the line um, in Found also where it's uh um. We're here to preach the gospel, reach your heart, it's ga, 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 ga. But it just brings a smile to my face, like where it's something where it's it's you know, it's it's something that's laughing and smiling, but it's it's also serious, you know. And yeah. and that was a fun part of the message. Like they they did, you know, they kept things um they did keep the like they both like it was so it was a lot of fun and they and they were serious about the gospel message. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah, they they walk that line in like in a, in in such an energetic way that it's really, yeah it's encouraging. Well, the uh, yeah, speaking, of, they actually did um, the final song on that. You know, I'm not f- really familiar with it outside of uh, outside of the Supertones, but they did a straight. Um, a straight worship song for the final for their final song but in a different f- style they did uh bloodwash pilgrim um are you familiar with that song outside of the supertones no i i mean i actually what's funny about this song is that i we had um somebody who was associated with our youth group in high school wrote an, a different another song that was used the same chords on guitar um these but I, I actually I was not familiar with the original. I'm looking on Wikipedia now and it looks like it's an older hymn or gospel yeah. I was kind of uh I had assumed that you might have known it. Um but it was a song from like 1836. And if you look at the I mean the a lot of these hymns they they tend to have a longer version and then they have a, they tend to subtly they tend to uh slightly uh modernize some of the words um 
But yeah, if you look at the the supertone Zerks, um, has a few like they actually say twas. Um, yeah. So they, it's not um, immediately obvious that it, um, that it's a hymn. Though they do, it is a bit slower than the other songs. Well, but it's still upbeat. So yeah, they say uh, you know nothing. Yeah. Strange, but yeah, talking about. Um, Basically, Paul, right? Essentially, yeah. yeah the Saul, Paul. Yeah, I think it's talking about Paul, and then the second verse is kind of talking about. I think it's talking about Daniel, and then oh, yeah, maybe, and then maybe the third verse is the saints in general, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these songs, like you look at these words, and yeah, that's encouraging. <laughs> it's good stuff. They also referenced MXPX, which I think was a little, little straight on, because um, it's so similar to the. I think it's pretty similar to the music they're doing when they said "No Place to Go." Um, yeah, which one? What song? Uh, uh, we ain't got no place to go. Let's go to a rude oh. boy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was definitely. You know, I listened. I listened to. Um, we ain't got no place to go. Let's go to the Reward Show. You know, the only thing I wondered about that was if, if there was an earlier song before the MXPX one. But that they, you know, they were label mates, and this uh, this couldn't have been too much. Too okay. Much label. Teenage, uh, let me look up when Teenage Politics came out. Um, yeah, that's it. Probably is just a, uh, a an MXPX reference. It's interesting because it is real similar, but obviously the um, the rest of the song varies in different stuff like that. I don't know if it's a little, maybe a little too on the nose for a reference for me. Um, yeah, it's kind of, I think it's a label mate thing because the, it looks like Teenage Politics came out in 95, in July of 95, and this came out in April of 96. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Um, so it, was like, it was less than a year later. Yeah, I'll I'll mention one thing and then come back to the song. So how'd you feel in uh in the song Unknown when they referenced 1996? Oh yeah, so now it's 1996. It's funny, and then but uh, and when they do it live, they just change it up. So yeah. that's cool. Um, like I saw, I think I saw them in '97 and then '99 probably. Um, I saw them a couple times, a few times around that. So every year, whenever you see them, they would, I think, I kind of like, it's, I mean, for one, now listening back to it, you're like, wow, that was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but, um, you know, 24 years ago in 2020 now. But uh, I think, I've, I think I, what I, at the time, I enjoyed it in every year is, you know, like, it's now, is it now, it's not like, you know, five years from now. Or just in the past, I think that's. I think that was the point. <laughs> but the, did that take you out of it? You were when you listened to it, you're like, well, oh, 90, 96 was a good year, but not yeah. you know, not the year two thousand. <laughs> and I think they do that late. They also do that in nineteen ninety nine with a third third album, and it feels oh, yeah. it's a little weird. Um, like it's it's kind of funny in that it's it feels odd when it's a year or two later. Um, right. And then once you hit like when it's been more than ten years, then it's not really. Then it just feels. 
it feels like clean or whatever. Like it, it doesn't bother me as much now that it's yeah. been a longer time. Yeah. Well, you're right. You're right though. Like if you, for that other song in that's on, I think that's on super Town strike back. Right. You know, you, it, it doesn't work. The rhyme doesn't work as well. If you say 2003 and the stakes is high. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, that one is, that one's harder to update, but I do like the, yeah, unknown would be, is kind of cool. And I think they, maybe there's a little more incentive to even have that song live because they can update the time and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so in OC Supertones, the one lyric that's kind of intense is like, yeah, it's like, if you used to be a Christian, then you never was. Right. So that always stuck me. And I, I, it's, I don't know. It's like, it's kind of tough. It's I, I, I don't think I can really say that. Like, I, I don't know if I, well, I actually erring, like maybe I could say like, I don't know either way, but I think I kind of err on like, well, I don't really know that. I kind of theologically believe it's like, yeah, it's like once you're a Christian, you're always a Christian. Right, right, right. Yeah. Leave it up. Leave it up to the God. God's, yeah. Uh, certainly, yeah. Think, yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's like maybe the bassist or the uh, one of the like trumpet, like the trumpet. I don't know. I don't know which member, because uh, it's not it's not Matt who's rapping on that one. Gotcha. I think what the point the point of it is, I, I agree with you that it's definitely harsh. I think his, the point of this the lyric is was saying like don't just like what comes after that like don't just say don't just go go through the motions i guess i think that's how we would say it right don't, don't um but, no, I, uh, I, but I, yeah I, it's not yeah it's pretty harsh you you could have some you could have some big calvinist calvinist arguments though <laughs> yeah I, 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 I yeah i generally lean where you do it's all by god's grace anyways you know even the good, yeah i think so the lord's grace no, so that's interesting, and I think contrast that to the lyrics in Found, which seems to imply like, uh, you know, in Found it seems like okay, well, it seems like God chooses you, right, right, you know? right, like not just uh, literally. That one actually mentions Paul of Damascus, um, but also mentions his, you know, assuming, you know, it's Mojo's thing. So it's kind of interesting because I think that maybe disagrees with a. Well, yeah, he does hold it in tension though, because because he, he says, "I, you know, um, I love my booze, but then God said, boy, you got to choose.' <laughs> so God chose me, yeah, but then I chose him, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of interesting, you know. I th I think I can agree with the spirit of the message without necessarily the the main thing on that." That was kind of the main things I'd I'd say that. Um Yeah, for sure. Maybe talk I'll talk about my uh overall feel on the album. I mean oh, so yeah, I, yeah. I really enjoy the the rap on on it. Like I think that uh Mojo is is really skilled on that. Um yeah, I think there yeah, there's a few parts where it's not him, but for the most part I think it is it is him and it, and I enjoy that and I actually like it. Um I like it more than um, I, I like the artist. It's 
because of that, I think it actually elevates a little more than um, average ska. And I, so I like this more than uh, traditional ska and things yeah. like that. Um, the production values, I think you're definitely a bit lacking um, as far as the recording quality. I think I'd heard rumors at some point um, before they broke up for the first time that they were going to re-record that first album. And I, I would have liked to have seen that like while they were still uh, relatively the same members, relatively the same age. Um, I think, you know, you and I have a, um, do some recording and we, we record in like a nice studio garage. Um, and I think our recording quality, it's kind of funny. I mean, a lot of it's technology and things like that. Um, and also just that we're recording plugged in instruments versus, um, mic'd instruments um, but I think we actually have higher production values on a much smaller budget than yeah. uh, the Supertones debut album and certainly like but even their second album a year later the production value sound it sounds a lot fuller um, I'm not quite sure if it was their particular recording or if it's the way the genre is going and you can maybe enlighten me on this I'm training it seemed like the brass was a little um, e either intentionally just a little flat or um, or um, a little tinny. Um, mm -hmm. Could be an intentional effect, but I didn't, I liked how, I like the skill of the instruments, but I would have liked the, the brass to sound fuller. Um, mm -hmm. I think, uh, you know, there's some really good, um, you know, lyrically wise, I think it stays pretty good. There's some really good instrumental parts, especially in uh, Found and Never Wanna Fall. So I mm, yeah. Um, uh, some of the middle section, um, the songs are good, but I, I wouldn't say are great. Like there's um, a stretch of songs. I think it's like Roots, Heaven, He Will Always Be There, Exalt, and Out of God. So I think and yeah. it would have been fine. Um, they, I think they'd sound, they'd, and I've seen them live, so I, I know that they're a little more energetic um, or more interesting as part of a live show. Um, yeah. I didn't want to skip any of the songs on this. Um, but, you know, I, I think it, it's a it song, you know, fades more into the background. Um, yeah. Where that is attention grabbing and that cool so that's my uh that's my main feedback on the album as a whole uh what's your thoughts on the album as a whole um well so this is this is kind of a foundational album for me so i would say in some ways the fact that i stayed a believer or became a believer however you want to say it <laughs> um um I think definitely, I think this album played a role in it. Uh, it's one of the few albums that I would say, just lyrically. So like, so like when I was younger, I would, you know, I'd skip some of the slower songs. Um, actually, some of the, like the roots and exalt. But now I, now I go back to that. But like, he will always be there. Uh, like he, when I was, even when I was younger, uh, you know, they just, they just say that so many times. He will always be there. He will always be there. And so, like, when you're walking around and you're like feeling lonely, or like 
God's not paying attention, and then it's like, oh, he will always be there. Wow, that's in my, that's in my, um, that just would stick with me. But yeah, overall, um, I think, I, I think I agree with, with pretty much everything, everything you said. And um, I go back to this one uh, every once in a while, you know, maybe, maybe it almost feels like every once a year or a few times a year. Uh, I'm probably a bigger ska fan than you are because I was just in middle school when the ska wave was hitting. So, you know, I recently, I recently found a, this Japanese band called Tokyo Ska Paradise. <laughs> uh, they're pretty great. I recommend them. But uh, even when I was younger, around this time of the Supertones album, you know, there was, um, there were, there were a lot of underground bands. So some of the low quality um i can some of it like i think it's like they recorded quickly but i it, it, there are like some of the better or even the better ska bands i think have sometimes they have the lower lower quality in their recordings unfortunately and it and some of it's like because it came up like reggae from like you know islands or just underground scenes and bands that are mainly playing live and then they just happen to record and sometimes in ska, it seems like it almost seems more sincere. Like if you're the if you're in the mighty mighty Boston's, and you're over polished, or you're real big fish, and they even write a song. Their biggest real big fish's biggest song was called "Sell Out." <laughs> sell out with me, oh yeah, sell out. Um, you know, actually, the feel of that sell out, I think. Any, anybody who was a fan of Real Big Fish or the Mighty Mighty Bottom, you know, really musically, the, the Supertones are right up there, uh, if, if not better, uh, you know. And, the, you know, you mentioned the rap, funny, you mentioned the, the rapping, uh, elevating the music. And I think this album uh, and even Strike Back were predating the rise of rap rock, you know. So when, when the rap rock came around, you know, Rage Against the Machine had been around when when they were when these guys and, and um, the Red Hot Chili Peppers had been rapping, you know, around the LA scene. Um, but this and the Supertones kind of actually. Do, are you familiar with this? Did you know that they came started off as a band called Saved? Did you know this? Yeah, I mean, I re I read about it, but I I didn't have any. That's all I know about it. I don't so I, I know I've heard that a couple a couple of the songs on here kind of came out of that, but then they, you know, they made this they skinkified them or you know <laughs> they scod them up. Um, but yeah, there's pro I probably primarily sing this album through nostalgia, uh, but then also, uh, but then I also still enjoy it just for being like a just like a fun quick. You know, like get you excited. You know, you could you could all you could always play for your youth group and get your get your youth group pumped up for your for Yeshua for for Jesus. You know, people the kids will would like it. Um, and it's it's a it's a decent uh, it's a or I would say it's a like a a really good um, um it doesn't it's not it's not like a a low like a cheap um, Christian knockoff of, of something that's popular. 
I, I think it's like a, it's a really quality version of, um, of, of, the, of that music genre at the time. But, you know, maybe Ska will have a fourth wave or a fifth wave coming up. <laughs> the third wave is long gone. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's funny. Those are my, yeah. Those are my yeah, those throughout the, yeah, it's like, a, you know, I, I know they had like pressure, label pressure and other pressure. It's like, do we shift away from our Ska to try to, uh, you know, after the wave was starting to die down to, it's like, do we try to incorporate other stuff? And I'd probably, um, I bet you if I looked at Chase the Sun and Loud and Clear, I probably wouldn't um, like it as much now as I, I did back then. But I yeah, it's gotten that. So I, I definitely recommend those for sure. Even with it being a lower quality, I'd recommend uh, uh, buying the album. I think uh, yeah, it's worth the purchase. And I think it, it's been, it's a short album, even with a, even if even with the songs that you can't skip, but I think that there there's a lot of solid songs on it. Um, so going back to chase chase the sun, I was just looking looking on here. You know the the word um, the song Hanani. You know here am I. Is that a is a, do you know that as being a Hebrew Hebrew word meaning? Yeah, it's. A, I mean, let me. I'll look up that exact song, but yeah, Hanani is here am I. And yeah. I just know that from uh, that's like the story of uh, from the story of Samuel. Um, so I, I think it was I don't know who Samuel's mother is off the top of my head. Or yeah, is the dad? I just just listened to that actually. Or, no, or that, or they were telling Samuel to say, "Here am I." Um, yeah, his dad. I think it's oh, his gotcha. dad. Or his dad told him. His dad was a priest, but he wasn't a very good priest. <laughs> um, but Samuel ended up being obviously a good one. The Lord called it, called him out. Yeah. And then, yeah. That's funny. That's a, I forgot that that was the reference to specifically that song. Or did that Bible? Yeah, it's it's interesting that it, I know it from that specific uh, biblical story. Well, hopefully uh, you like this episode and um, we'll come back um, soon with another album. We'll either do, you know, this time was a Christian album, but we can, uh, we're also looking into doing uh, Messianic albums and we're looking into doing secular albums that we can analyze from a Messianic slash Christian perspective. Um, well, first, if you want to contact us for now, uh, do messianicmedia at gmail.com m-e-s-s-i-a-n-i-c m-e-d-i-a at gmail.com Mark and I have um, two new new bands um, so we have The Trees Will Know and The Pear Republic so if you want to check that out that's thetreeswillknow.bandcamp.com and thepearrepublic.bandcamp.com well, I hope you have a great day Sounds good Bye Bye Shalom. <laughs>